What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 35th episode of The Crossroads, celebrating 20 years of the Xbox brand. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 20-year anniversary of the original Xbox, with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. Now, as always, we'd love your feedback on this and all of our shows over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. And we got a bit of a doozy this week because I know... Uh, a lot of people are going to be really surprised to actually see this one not in the top 10, but actually in the number 16 slot. Although, again, a lot of the, what it, uh, this list comes down to is playability. Because, again, the main purpose of doing the crossovers, number one, is to celebrate, you know, the 20-year anniversary of Xbox, but also to provide you, the listeners, a list of 50 awesome games that you can play right now that will feel really fun to play even today. So that was kind of the, the my goal with the list. And as far as the, the where the, some of the games were ranked, and this is going to be the only surprise in kind of the, the top 15 uh, that we're coming up to, because number 16 is the Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, which again, I know, I know it's crazy talk to not put this in the top 10, but I have my reasons for it. Um, and they, a lot of them are very similar to the, the reasons I talked about. Um, if you listen to the roundabout or Xbox 360 show um, all about uh, Gears of War in particular, because I ranked that uh, much lower than a lot of the other games on the list. Um, I, I ranked it around the 20 mark, I think. Um, and it was because the game just didn't hold up as well as I would have hoped. It, it, it didn't really run great and it was tough to play. Um, and the problem with Elder Scrolls Morrowind, as great of a game it is, as it is, um, and as timeless as it is, and as crazy of a story it is, which we'll get to in a second, um, I felt like revisiting this game is really tough and we'll talk about more of those reasons why in a little bit but obviously I want to talk a little bit about the game itself and, and why it's awesome and why it deserves to be on this list it's having said all of the things I talked about so first of all this was a very important game to the original Xbox um, it came out in uh, 2002 and if you don't want to talk about games that are impossible what are impossible but quotes in, in quotations kind of like The Witcher on Switch for example The Witcher 3 on, on Switch when that came out uh, I think last year this, The Elder Scrolls 3, was what I would consider an impossible port. It was a game that people thought was impossible to come to consoles. It would like that people thought the series would actually just stay on PC forever. And, and the fact that a console of this generation could run a game like this was kind of a, a godsend on itself. Because, I mean, I don't think that like if they tried to develop this game for PlayStation 2, I don't think that the console would be able to run it. Um, because the Xbox was like a graphical powerhouse compared to the other two consoles. I mean, it wasn't um, like people who took advantage of the hardware were able to do things leaps and bounds higher than the other two consoles, uh, both the GameCube and the PlayStation 2. GameCube was a lot closer to Xbox than, than play PS2 was, um, but it definitely like it would have been rough to play this game on PlayStation 2. Um, but at the same time, it's a miracle this game actually exists on console at all because um, you're getting the full... Elder Scrolls experience with the, the big open world um, and basically all of the same features that are in the PC version, but in the console version, which was a huge deal when this came out in 2002. Like it really, it this game really showed what the Xbox could do as, as a console. Like um, I couldn't believe, you know, playing it for the first time. Again, I played it a little bit later because I did get my console a little bit later uh, in 2003. I, um, so I, I didn't get to a chance to play right away, but it was one of the first games I picked up 
um, for the original Xbox because I, I was thinking I'll play it on PC, um, but I was moving more back towards console gaming at the time. Um, so I was like, oh, well, I'm going to buy this Xbox soon anyways, you know, when KOTOR comes out. So um, why don't I just buy, you know, Elder Scrolls 3 on there? But I was like busy, like planning my character ahead of time and researching like all of the different uh, like abilities you could grant to your creative character. Um, like I wanted to create like almost like a, a Dark Knight character, which was like um, a character with like high attack power and defense and um, power with swords, but also like a magic, like a destruction magic user. Um, so I like went down the rabbit hole with like trying to min max my stats and trying to figure out, okay, like how am I going to perfectly plan out my character for when I finally get this game? So yeah, I remember being really hyped for, for Morrowind before it came out. Um, I hadn't played any of the Elder Scrolls games before this. So this was my very first Elder Scrolls game. Um, and I remember loving it at the time, um, including, um, the extra content that came to the game as well. Cause there was, um, some expansion packs for the game that eventually came in this like game of the year package, um, for the, uh, the console, which, um, it, it's not like current consoles, like where you would have just had that as DLC. We had started to see DLC, prop up at the time, but it was mostly free DLC. Like you didn't really have a good way of like charging for DLC at the time, um, which is why a lot of it for, was free. Like the, a lot of the Splinter Cell maps that we talked about on the Splinter Cell episode, um, or even like some of the, the, there was some free content for Knights of the Old Republic. There, like there was a space station you went to where you could go buy stuff. Um, DLC was kind of weird at the time. So um, they, they just did expansion packs, but you couldn't really buy them separately. You had to buy them in this like game of the year package, essentially. So um, otherwise you would have missed out on the ability to turn into a werewolf, for example, because that was one of the things that they included in uh, one of the expansions, which I thought was really cool. As someone who likes werewolf movies, uh, I really like wanted to, my character to be a werewolf and, and kind of go around and kind of roam the countryside. In fact, um, uh, like with that and Skyrim, like that was one of the first things I did where I was like, all right, I need to find a way to make my character a werewolf and Skyrim. It's way easier to do it because you eventually join this. You can join the, the, the hunters. I think they're called. I don't know. There's something like that. They're very early on in the game, um, in white run. Um, and then you just become a werewolf once you complete the, the quest chain. Um, whereas in this, you had to get bitten by a werewolf. Um, and then you had to have the, the lycanthrope disease kind of, pass on to you and then you'd become a werewolf. Um, there wasn't really like an easy way to go do it in this game. But anyways, we've droned on long enough. I should probably start talking about this game. So let's jump into it right now. Now, in case you haven't played it in Morrowind, you play as a created character of some kind. Again, it's like that in every Elder Scrolls game who is released from prison on the island continent of Morrowind. After being brought into the Imperial group of spies called the Blades, you're tasked with investigating some missing persons cases. One thing leads to another, and you're tasked with basically liberating Morrowind itself from the Sixth House cult, as well as the godlike beings known as the Tribunal. So one of the things that I think actually really stands out well uh, over time with Morrowind in particular is the writing and the characters. Uh, I think the, the story itself, the main story is fine, but not the greatest, but... It's an Elder Scrolls game, so you obviously know that where the bulk of all the really uh, awesome writing and the cool characters and some of the weird stuff um, is all through the game's side quests, because there's a bajillion side quests in this game. Um, they all have their own stories and stuff like that. They're not as involved as some of the stuff that you'd see in, in a Skyrim, for example, um, but it was cool like uh, to basically like look at an area on the map and just walk there and be like, all right, I just want to see what's over there. Like that's kind of what you did in this game. Like it was, this of course was like when we were starting to see open worlds for the very first time. Cause this was uh, of course post GTA three. So everyone wanted to make an open world game. I mean, obviously this game was in, long in development before GTA three came out, but at the same time, you know, 
everyone was kind of starting to move in that direction anyways. So um, they, it was really cool to have this like giant open world and kind of explore and, and do things. Again, very similar feelings to what, what I had playing, you know, games like Oblivion, Skyrim, um, and all that stuff was really cool. So over time, definitely the story itself and the characters and the writing have been the one aspect that's really aged well, and it's one of the main reasons why uh, Morrowind's actually in this section of the list um, and why it's so high on the list, even though I don't think a lot of the other stuff is going to hold up as well. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the, the story and kind of revisiting again um, and seeing uh, some of the, the goofy stuff and just exploring the world of Morrowind itself, I think, was just really interesting as well. A lot of really unique locales, um, even though, again, the graphics are not... Super impressive, uh, but at the same time, uh, like going around and and walking around and seeing new areas and stuff like that, I think it was really cool. And it just had like it was just visually diverse um, is probably the best way I would put that, especially like it was very a lot of more unique locales versus a lot of other fantasy games, too, because you got like these mushroom forests and stuff like that. You have these like crazy swamps and stuff. So it, it was Morrowind was a really cool place to explore. Um, and I'm glad that they actually brought back a lot of that feel with um, Elder Scrolls Online because they actually did a Morrowind expansion pack um, that basically had them basically recreate the the island uh, continent of Morrowind itself in the game. And then you went there and you got to go explore it the same way you did here. Obviously, though, there's a little bit less to do in that game. And and uh, it was a little bit of a letdown, like the story wasn't that great in in. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, but at the same time, it was cool to revisit that area in like like a much prettier version of it. Now, as far as the gameplay and the combat, and th- this is kind of where I think the gameplay falls apart, especially in the early game, because um, for example, if you're you're mostly focusing on your melee combat skills and you're trying to level up some of your skills. Sometimes it just takes forever to kill enemies, and it's very grindy. Um, sometimes combat just takes a long time. You'll be swinging at a worm for like. 10 minutes and his health will be just like ticking down and you're just like come on like just go faster please so um i i think that when you get into kind of the later game and your characters a little bit more level up um, i think the combat flow is much better um and definitely the combat got much more improved when when they went to oblivion um even though it had the the level scaling that i know not everyone loves um i do think that the combat overall just felt so much you know better to play than than uh, Morrowind does. Not only that, but the frame rate's not great on this version. Um, but if you do play it on backwards compatibility mode, because it is backwards compatible, um, that's the place I would recommend to play it if you were going to play this game at all, because um, it definitely runs a lot better. It's a lot smoother than um, the like 20 frames per second you're running around with uh, before on the original Xbox. So um, frame, make, frame rate, unfortunately, makes the combat a little bit rough, and it's just... The combat itself is, has not aged all that well, as much as I, not nearly as much as I wish it would. Um, again, it gets better, but it's one of those things where, like, if a game takes ten hours to get good, is it really a good game? I mean, that's that's the question you got to ask yourself because the combat does get better over time, but it takes a long time to get to that point, unfortunately. And a lot of hair pulling usually ensues before then. So yeah, do I recommend checking out? Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. I mean, if you've never played it before and you love the Elder Scrolls games and you want to see kind of the history of the series, then yeah, I think it's worth checking out. Um, But definitely do it on the backwards compatible versions for sure, rather than the original Xbox because it does run a lot better. And and go in with the expectation that the combat itself just feels kind of janky today. So it's a little bit on the rough side um, compared to, you know, modern action games or even just modern Elder Scrolls games. Now, if you're looking to pick up 
The Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind today, it is fully backwards compatible, like I said, on all Xbox consoles, including Series X and Series X. Um, it also got X enhancements as well. So if you have a 1X or a Series X, um, you'll get some improved frame rates, some textures. Um, it, it just looks really clean on those versions. I still think that it still doesn't hold up um, visually as well. But again, that's not my main gripe because I th still think the visuals are quite diverse despite, you know, the, the frame rate uh, itself. And it just, the combat itself flows a little bit better on those versions, even though it's still not amazing. So um, either way, if you want to check it out, I would say check that version out. That's all for this episode of The Crossroads. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You also find the Pantsman himself on Twitter at Sean Capri and us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Crossroads, and we out. Bye.